Hello and welcome back to episode 53 of Podcast Fatboy. Guys, It I know, I know, I know, it's been a while, it's been a month and a half or so, almost two months. You know, I, I think about this all the time, as I always say, I'm writing notes for the next episode, so eventually I get myself planted down and I start recording. That time is now. Let's go. Who's a fat boy? And we're back. Thank you for listening. Wow. You know, we switched host. I get to see now where my listeners are coming from. Apparently, I've got quite a bit in the States. And uh, I'm exaggerating a bit when I say quite a bit, but uh, a lot of the podcast listeners are are made up of some uh, Americans, which, of course, you know, Americans are always looking for the next health kick. They're willing to do anything. They're coming up with some big docs all the time. We're going to talk about one of them today that I started watching. That has to do with health, has to do with fitness. But first things first, let's get right to it with my fitness update. Fitness update. Okay, so my fitness, you know, I I fell off a little bit this summer It's been a hot and weird COVID summer. I haven't been able to work much because of of the COVID and my industry shut down and I'm starting to audition again, you know, over the last month, which is good, but it's just, uh, it's been weird. It's a very weird time. So I've been trying to keep working out at home because it's good for your brain. It's good for your mood. So, you know, I've, you know, I've got my, my shitty exercise bike that I love so much that I've modified a little bit to make it more comfortable. I've been getting on that. Uh, I tried doing a, uh, you know, the derby.com. I, I fell off of that, unfortunately, cause that's what I like to do. I like to be the one to tell you who's fallen off on their, their exercise programs that I did fall off on the derby, you know, like, uh, it was good. But I, I just couldn't keep up with it for some reason toward the end of the month. It started to get harder. <laughs> That's why. But I have been getting on the bike again. And, you know, I got the uh, the Apple Watch back on my wrist. I had to take some time off of that because I, I get in my head a little bit about the surveillance of Apple. And, you know, they're constantly, you know, judging you based on your activity setting goals for you and stuff like that. I just feel like they're always watching, although that they say that they're not. Apple says that they are the one company that is not mining you for data and selling it and stuff like that. They're supposed, they're supposed to keep that private, but they're still, I'm sure they're still using it for their own, you know, internal thing. So it, it, it bothers me. It bothers me all the surveillance and stuff now with, with iPhones and technology and, I can look up an ad and even on Instagram now you can be scrolling through and there's an ad. You don't even have to click on it. But if you watch it for a couple of seconds, if you give it a little bit of attention, then you're going to start to see ads now based on that stuff. And I've been noticing that a lot more, you know, and if I Google something and it comes up in an Instagram ad or whatever, it's just like, it's, I, I see how that is, can be a good thing for some people. And sometimes I'm in the mind frame where I like it, but most of the time I feel like this is just weaseling your way in 
a little more to take away your privacy without you really feeling it. You know, you're, you're, you're not going for my whole kidney. You're just doing a pinprick at a time. And slowly my kidney's going to come out through that little pinprick because you want my kidney. All advertising agencies do. So I fell off a bit. I got back on, you know, I jumped on the scale yesterday for my first time in a while. I feel like I've been gaining a bit of weight again. I've gained about three pounds from where, you know, I was kind of around 211. Got back down to there. You know, I lost 20 pounds since January or something like that. And now I'm like around just under 214. So I really don't want to keep going up. So, you know, there's some things I'm trying not to do. You know, it's summer. You're having alcohol. Try not to drink as much beer. And if I'm having any spirits, you know, I love rye. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to have it straight. I'm trying not to have it with aspartame. I'm trying to avoid aspartame now. I'm trying to avoid artificial sweeteners. And I'm just trying not to, I'm trying to keep in my head to not eat as big a portions. I don't want to feel full. So like, I, you know, and I know it's kind of that same old cliche of not eating as much when you're trying to lose weight, but I feel like, I just feel a lot better when I don't eat as much food. And I've noticed that. And I've, uh, I don't know if you, you guys get any of like the, the uh, esophagus, like, clog that <laughs> when you eat bad food, like if I eat anything oily or like fast food or any kind of mayo, I get like super phlegmy immediately and I have to like kind of like clear my throat. It's horrible, but it's always when I eat this same kind of crap, you know, if I eat pizza or whatever, it's like, I'll be like, <coughs> I got the esophagus, esophagus clog, you know? They say you're not supposed to drink liquid when you are eating, but some people are scared they're going to choke. And maybe I need to do that because I feel like I don't drink a lot of fluids when I eat. Maybe I need to start doing that more to, with my esophagus clog that happens. Disgusting, you know? I did go for an outdoor bike ride the other day. went down. There's a bike path near uh, my new house where, where uh, we're living right now. And... Uh, you know, had an immediate panic attack doing that. I wasn't even going that hard. I just felt like I could not catch my breath for some reason. I think I, you know, just being out and doing anything. I just, like, I went to the store today, went to Costco. Scares the shit out of me. It just, it just feels, that with the mask and my glasses, I'm fogging up. I can't fucking see. It's fucking terrible. I'm so sick of it. Sick of the mask shit. I'm going to keep wearing it. I fucking hate it going into all these stores and it just feels like they're all ran by Nazis or something, you know, has that vibe. Like there's a world war going on and in our country lost. So I've got a bit of a saga going on right now before I, uh, you know, move to health news and stuff. Uh, fit for less. You know, I mentioned in the last podcast, I have a membership to the discount gym franchise of good life called fit for less. And, uh, I believe on the last podcast, I said I was going to be canceling that, which a lot of people are canceling gym memberships right now because they just do not feel comfortable going back to gyms and gyms are not really giving much leeway. They're either saying like, you got to either freeze your account for 30 days or you got to just get out and come back later. So that's what I'm trying to do. Now, one little tip that I give you for getting out 
of a gym contract. And this is one that I always use. You got to lie to them a little bit, but just tell them that you're leaving the country. You're moving away for work permanently. And most likely you are with a company that does not exist overseas. Do some research. Are they in your country that you're fake moving to? I did this to my last gym. They did not question anything and they did not try to keep me, you know, because they are trained to try to keep you in if they can. But when you're moving, you're moving. So that is what I opened up this discussion with Fit for Less one month ago, said I was moving out of the country. I need to cancel my membership and I only have to give 30 days notice. They gave me an automatic reply. We got your thing. Might take longer than usual because of, of course, all the COVID stuff. Fine. I'm good with that. Two weeks, three weeks. I understand that getting no reply in that time. Now we're at over 30 days. I've given my notice for this gym and I've had zero reply. So what did I do today? Well, I sent them another request to cancel, but I wasn't as cordial and I did not mention anything about why I was doing it. I just meant business this time. It goes like this. On July 22nd, I sent a cancellation request through the contact us page and there has been no follow-up. Ticket ID for this request is 95 blah blah blah. My fit for less card number is blah 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 blah. I've given you over 30 days notice to cancel and as of today, you continue to take my money out of my account past the 30 days, which makes sense for today's withdrawal. But I want today to be the last payment to go through. I've given you the required notice, 30 days. I paid an enrollment fee when I joined, so I'm not under a contract. As I said in my response to the July 22nd email thread started by your auto response, second, sent second response today, I understand that this is a difficult time for gyms in the face of COVID-19. This is the last request I'll put through here. I will be exploring different legal avenues to remedy this situation if my request isn't met as soon as possible. Best, Matt Duncan. Wow, I like timed that perfectly with that music. I am so impressed. I had to cut it down because they only take a thousand characters. That's including spacing. So I did actually have a lot more to say in there. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like being taken advantage of. You know, this is a corporation. This is not a mom and dad's fucking little cafe on the corner. This is a fucking franchise corporation with many, many locations where they make lots of money. And you should be able to get out just as fast as you got in. So I, I'm going to update you. I'm going to, hopefully it'll get me back on the mic next week and we'll see what's happened for the, the second part of this uh, fit for less saga that's going on. I do. Yeah. You're looking for a cheap gym. I, I had no problem there. It was nice. I felt like it was clean enough. It had fucking bare bones as far as amenities. Didn't even have a shower for the guys. But if you're just looking for a cheap thing, it's like five bucks every two weeks. Or if you pay the premium like I did 12 bucks every two weeks, I just want out. Okay. I've been to a lot of gyms in my time and I canceled a lot of gyms in my time. Let me out. 
Okay. Jesus. Um, so no, no, moving on to something else here in, in, in the health news world, if I may. So I'll, I'll give you a little story here first. Okay. We got to keep wearing the masks. I know I've been saying this now the last couple of episodes, you got to keep wearing the masks. Like look at the brass rail 550, the brass rail 550. I can't believe that many people still go to a strip club. But there was someone there with COVID-19. There's 550 people who potentially got the disease from that strip club. And you know how fast that could multiply across 550 people if they all had it? Oh, my God. It could it'd be insane. It could, like, have a major impact just because of one shitty strip club. Wear a mask in honor of the Brass Rail 550. One thing I didn't talk about last last podcast, you know, it was a little too raw at the time, but I was following this guy who is like a friend. Uh, he's an actor. He was an actor. He's worked with friends of mine. He worked with Adam Colley, who was on uh, one of the early episodes of Podcast Fat Boy. Uh, I think it was called um, <laughs> Protein something. Protein Town. Protein Town. <laughs> um. He worked with him a long time ago on a show called Tony and Tina's and his name was Nick Cordero. Canadian guy from Hamilton moved down to the States, you know, became a hit on Broadway, did the whole American actor thing that I'm too, you know, just don't have it in me to do. Got COVID early on, right at the beginning. Was in like the ICU for three months was in a coma for a long time, had to have his leg amputated, had major damage to his lungs, like he's been smoking four packs of smokes for 40 years. Guy was only like 40 years old, and then he died. He died like a week before I recorded the uh, last podcast, and you know, I just, it really bugged me. It was just, it was hard. It was hard because it's just, you know, he's a healthy guy and it just, it's been the biggest scare for me with this whole thing. People aren't taking it seriously. People think that they're healthy and they can beat it. And, you know, like, don't worry if you get it, you can beat it. It's just, uh, it's just like any flu. And it really isn't. There's just not enough we know about it. And it is taking the lives of people that are very healthy. And we have to, why not just put on a mask when you're going to a fucking store, you know, Take it off when you get out. When you get in your car, the people driving around with fucking masks on, what are you fucking doing? You could take it off in your car for Christ's sake. If you're really paranoid, turn the, the air in your car to inside. Okay? You don't have to wear the fucking mask inside unless you got strangers in the car. I just wear a goddamn mask. So, you know, with all this negativity and stuff, all this Trump shit... You know, I just like miss hearing Obama speak. And I think that's what I've been missing the most since he's been gone. Just hearing a president who is so put together, you know, maybe, yeah, he's probably lying to us. I know Obama's done a lot of bad stuff as well that we don't really hear about. Just like things that are, you kind of can't avoid when you're running a country. But 
this fucking idiot Trump is just, it's just going to be, it's going to be wild. If he loses his last two months in office are going to be fucking wild. And I mean, this podcast was reborn during the era of Trump, right? I brought it back when he was inaugurated. Why? <laughs> but anyways, I'm watching this Obama video. He spoke at the DNZ, DNZ. He spoke at the DMZ. He did a big speech at the DMZ in the States. <laughs> he was getting his license renewed. No, the, the uh, DNC convention. And you know, like you could tell he was a little rusty, but the message was clear. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I got hit with an ad, a health ad during this speech, right? Like it kept popping up. I don't know if it was NBC or what, but it was from this doctor named Dr. Gundry. And it's an ad that you can skip in like 10 seconds or 15 seconds. But if you don't skip it, it is a 50 minute ad. And I haven't really come across many of these like hour ads that if you just let it go, you're going to watch an, uh, a commercial for an hour. But I did let this one go for a bit because I found it very interesting. It really per- piqued my interest about how these this Dr. Gundry was a heart surgeon and these former physicians, these or you know, former surgeons that have gotten out of their craft and gone into dieting or they've, you know, come across some new way to lose weight or what, what is, you know, causing all the problems. They seem to figure out heart disease. This guy is one of those people and they're the most dangerous kind of, uh, medical professional advocates. I think this is the worst shit that can happen. It's in a, you know, I rant about fucking Dr. Oz and that fucking other show, the doctors, that shit is so bad for, for people you know, to have these people dabbling in pseudoscience and, you know, but, but backing it up by them being a, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing more deep than a heart surgeon. You think like the, the more scary, the surgery, the more they know as a doctor, which is just not true. So anyways, this guy, I'm watching this ad, he's narrating it. And he's also got it subtitled. So you're hearing him talk and you're reading it. It's just getting blasted into your eyes. It keeps cutting to a lot of imagery of him doing surgery. So he's constantly reminding you that he knows what he's talking about. He's constantly showing you that he works with little babies. So it's like softening you as well. And it takes him about 30 minutes to get into what he's trying to sell you. Now, apparently this Dr. Gundry, he has a lot of detractors online, medical professionals, lots of doctors are just like everything that he is touting. He doesn't back up. He doesn't give references to any of his findings. If he references any kind of medical journal, he just, he just references the entire thing and not like a specific page or chapter or, you know, that's like things you got to look for with these people. And sure enough, by the time we get to the end of it, he starts talking about his supplements that he's offering and how if I click on the link in this ad, I'll be able to get like 25% off of this or that or whatever. And this shit is so expensive and it's probably American prices. So it's even more, you know, and he's like, it's 45 bucks, you know, with this discount. Cause you watch the ad, or you can just like, I can give you all the ingredients and you can go get the supplements yourself. 
and take 16 pills instead of this one magical pill that I've made with, you know, researchers and scientists that have a high standard, you know, just cutting to stock footage, Getty images of, of clean labs. <laughs> and, you know, like I almost fucking started to fall for it. But I will say the one thing I want to talk about is this thing about lectins. He's uh, very against lectins and he's talking about leaky gut and how leaky gut is the, the, the essentially the root of all our problems, our digestive problems. And I, and to a degree, I do understand that. I do think that our gut health is not good. I don't think mine is. And I think that's why I have a lot of problems and you can do stuff to eat better. But he's got this whole thing about lectins where you can't eat. It's apparently a protein in plants that, uh, it's like used as a defense mechanism against predators. So just like, it's a protein that's hard to digest. And I guess it's like plants have evolved to have this protein so that, you know, predators are eating plants and it's, I guess it just makes it harder to digest. I, I don't know. But these stupid lectins get in through your intestinal wall and then, you know, they wreak havoc on the entire body is what he's saying. Right. And then he's like, this is like, you know, the foods to avoid and stuff. And the main ones that really stuck out to me is like refined starchy foods, pasta, potatoes, potato chips, milk, bread, tortillas, pastries, flour, crackers, cookies, cereal. It's like, yeah, that seems like a lot of carbs too. Not surprised you lost a lot of weight when you're not eating bread or, you know, this is, this is old shit, but he's also like, there's a lot of vegetables he's trying to get you to avoid like cucumbers and zucchini and pumpkins and squash and eggplant, uh, you know, bell peppers. Apparently they're all high in these lectins that are not good for you, but he tells you to eat, you know, you can have some wine, no big deal. Make sure you have some red wine once a day. Just don't have any rice. Eat, eat seafood, eat canned tuna. <laughs> uh, if you're going to have sweeteners, they got to be like, you know, uh, uh, stevia or monk fruit, xylitol, stuff like that. He does have quite a big list of stuff that you can eat. But yeah, against this is just, there's nothing really that he's backing up with solid evidence, you know, and it's just scary how this ad targeted me during this speech where people are, you know, feeling emotional. That's a huge ad space to get Obama speaking to the American people. Like what? One of his only times he's done that since his presidency and like saying that Trump is bad. Like it just, everything about it seemed fucked up. It just seems so fucked. <laughs> oh man. The one last thing I'll talk about with uh, regard to uh, some health news here. One thing, get the new COVID app. If you are in Canada, get the new COVID app. Okay. It is not tracking your data. It works with Bluetooth technology. You're just random numbers that are coming into contact with other random numbers when you have it in your phone. And if one of those people goes on that app and says they have it, then you'll just be notified that, Hey, your numbers crossed, uh, cross planes at some point in the last while. So you should get tested or you should isolate, like just helps a lot. Get the COVID app. Don't be worried about the privacy thing. There's just way too much shit. I guarantee 99% of you 
are are giving way more with your your privacy than than this app. It's just whenever somebody brings up that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to protect your privacy, they it's hard to believe them. But, you know, download your fucking games from some weird Russian developer. I'm sure they're not using anything for your face swaps. Funny thing to think of about, uh, I read an article about Thunder Asthma. Have you guys heard about Thunder Asthma? So apparently when a storm hits, when a thunderstorm, a thundercloud peers over, it sucks up pollen into the storm cloud. And then the grains become gorged with water and they get bigger and then they pop. And then they release even smaller pollen grains, which then come back down to earth and make the the pollen levels. You would think that with, you know, everyone thinks that with thunderstorms, when they come, they kind of wash away the pollen and, you know, it, it should be easier to breathe, but people are having anxiety or not anxiety. They're having uh, asthma attacks. If you have asthma after thunderstorms, it's apparently a very common thing now. So uh, yeah, next time there's a storm, if you have asthma, just pay close attention to that because you know, sometimes I feel like my allergies act up after a storm. I'm always like, Oh, it's because of the humidity, but it might be because of thunder asthma. You know, so I want to talk about this doc on well. I thought it'd be fun to go through it every week, go through one episode. The first episode was about essential oils. Pyramid scheme of essential oils. People, you know, I, I do recommend watching it. Watch on well. I feel like they do tackle all sides. They give you, you know, a medical opinion about essential oils. They give you, you know, like a former drug addict who found God and, and essential oils and his life just looks so cookie cutter and perfect and he puts it in everything and it... It's cured cancer and da da da. And another person who had a brain tumor and she sells doTERRA and she, you know, she uh, didn't have chemo radiation. She's just been taking essential oils ever since. And other people who have like had severe burns from it. You get all sides of it, which is the one thing I like about this doc. It's showing the people that are for everything and against it. And they come up right away with a disclaimer saying, like, we are not a medical thing. We're just trying to keep you informed of what's going on. Talk to your doctor before you do any of this shit. So that I respect as well because people are watching docs and I, I get, I'm guilty of that too of watching docs and, and you know, taking it too seriously sometimes not, not vetting it. That's how people get into conspiracies and shit too. It's a slippery slope, but I found the essential oils thing really interesting. You know, I think it has a lot of great properties because you know, like they say like, a lot of people are like, you shouldn't ingest them. But then other people say, well, it's in all of our food that's flavored. There's essential oils in a lot of that stuff. It's like fair, but it's probably more controlled than what people are putting in. Like when I'm taking fucking oregano oil or some shit, the amount that we're putting in could be fucking wreaking havoc on our digestive tract. This shit burns. There's no way it's good for you. So I'm a little skeptical of it, but I, 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 you know, I like the episode. I like that, you know, uh, I didn't realize really how much of a, like a pyramid scheme thing it is now when those companies like how you just can't make money at these, like, essentially it's like, you know, Avon, but with essential oils and it's not about selling the products. It's just getting more people to 
sell the products. That's really what you're selling. Like your goal is just to get as many people to sell essential oils and then they get people to sell and you can, you just keep making money off of the people that are selling, but not off the products. It's so weird. I don't get pyramid schemes. Why can't I like get into something like, like it just feels like male stuffing, you know, why can't I be the one at the top? It gets the 3 million or 1.6 million a year. No, I'm going to be in the 94% category where you make $1 a year. God damn it. So yeah, watch it for that as well. Learn about that fucking pyramid scheme. That is some crazy shit. Uh, just, you know, if you want to get into to essential oils, just uh, go to your health food store and buy them there. <laughs> don't, don't fucking go to it. Don't listen to your friend, your mom, your sister, who's trying to get you to come for a doTERRA or the healthy living or whatever it is. Uh, meeting, you know, cause that's what they tell you to do. Avoid that shit like the plague. Well, before, you know, I've gone a bit longer this one. Hopefully I haven't rattled on too long, but I want to get to some other shit. I might not get to all my other shit, but I want to get to some of the other shit. Okay, so <laughs> I always forget about that last other shit at the end of this thing. Love it. So one thing I want to talk about is I have a little bit of book guilt. Do you guys ever get book guilt? Depending on a book that you bought. I'm sure some people who bought Mein Kampf get it when they read that. You know, they're curious, but then they're giving, you know, the Hitler family some residuals. I was well in, you know, I think I've talked about it on this pod before, but you know, a few years ago was in the OJ wormhole, you know, and I bought Marsha Clark's book. I bought Mark Furman's book. I just wanted to read everyone's take on this trial because I was so infatuated with this doc and, and just how insanely crazy it got. And then I bought OJ's book, which is the one where he, um, it was called if I did it. And it was like, him kind of hypothetically saying like, I didn't do it, but if I did, this is exactly how I did it. And if, you know, they covered in the doc a little bit, he made up some story that there was another guy there with him when he killed them. And he kind of goes through exactly what happened on the night, which is really fucked up. But he created this other character who doesn't exist. who was kind of like his accomp accomplice or whatever. And the weird thing about this book is he, you know, he knew it was going to be titillating. It was after he was uh, found guilty of the murders in the civil trial, AKA liable. Um, so he owed the family of, um, you know, Ron, the guy that was in it, the other guy that was killed, his family, he owed the money. So they somehow got the rights. It's like a crazy story, but they, you know, like OJ was trying to create a shell company where his daughter was going to get the money for the book. They figured that shit out. And then, um, the, the family of the victims got the money in the end. So they like changed the book and like, instead of it saying, if I did it, it said I did it. And the, if was really small. And then every page it's like, says, if I did it, confessions from the killer. 
It's just like, so weird. Like it's got such a bad vibe, that book. And the only reason that I bought it is because they, the Goldman's get money, right? So they get the money for the book. They get a, it's just like, I felt like I was doing something good while doing something bad, giving into the reading of this shit. But at least they got that money, you know? So when I was done, like it's been on my side table for way too long. And I was like, if I ever died or something or disappeared and, you know, someone found this book on my side table, I just don't want that to be the last thing people have to wonder about me. So I finished this book and then I ripped it up. Like I ripped it up to pieces and I threw in the recycling because I don't want anyone to secondhand get it. I just want it, you know, I want it recycled into something positive or, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. Computer paper, uh, a McDonald's bag. I don't give a shit. But that book is gone. It has been processed, I'm sure, in a recycling plant or got contaminated and it just got thrown in the garbage. So one or the other. So that did help with the guilt of it, but I did have a lot of guilt about it. That is some other shit I'd like to talk to you about. The other thing I want to talk about is just the weirdness of, of this post-COVID time. It's stuff that I miss pre-COVID. The th- you know, like going to the movies, I just like drove by our movie theater where, where I live and it's empty all the time. And you just know that eventually it just might be gone. Might not be able to survive. It's like what could happen to the industry if those go away? It would just move fully to online. I guess it could exist that way, but I feel like we're missing something special. And the last movie I saw in theater, I think was the Joker. I saw it by myself when I had nothing to do during the day. One day that can't be my last movie. I feel like I need to risk COVID and go see, I don't know, the new Batman or something when it comes out. (laughs) Of course, it's related, Joker, or, you know, something good. Like, that can't be the last movie I've seen. Theaters, The Joker, that weird-ass movie, it was fine. You know, I don't, I've got some other things, but you know what, I can move it to next week. I can move it to next week because I've been talking a long, bloody time, Okay. been a bit of a long podcast you know what guys thanks for listening my american listeners my canadian listeners that one hit i get in germany danke see you in episode 54